If you've missed us, we've been in a series called Seven Days, which is built around the seven days leading up to Easter. Um, it's referred to as the Passion Week um, because of the passion of which Jesus uh, came to serve our lives and what he did that week. And the Bible has a huge chunk of the New Testament that is all about that last week in the Gospels. As a matter of fact, there's more about Jesus' last week than, this whole, than the rest of his life. And so I think if that's the case, then God's trying to tell us something. So we're, we're studying that, but we started back uh, three weeks ago on Sunday, talking about Jesus uh, entering into Jerusalem, about being able to worship him with our heart, our mind, our soul, and all that we are being able to worship. On Monday, last week, we did uh, two days. Actually, we did Monday and Tuesday. Monday, Jesus clears the temple and removes all the barriers from us to worship uh, on Tuesday, Jesus goes to the Mount of Olives, and he begins to teach them. Uh, he actually, he teaches all day. There's enough there you could do another whole series just on, on that. But he teaches them to focus on not the when or the how, but focus on the who, focus on Jesus. They were worried about all the earthly stuff, and Jesus was like, you need to pay attention to me because I'm the one you're going to be looking for. And then on Wednesday, we won't do a message on that because on Wednesday... Most theologians believe that Jesus actually rested. Uh, most think he was with after the entry into Jerusalem and in teaching. Most people think that he uh, was with Martha and Mary and uh, rested. The Bible gives very little indication about Wednesday. And then today we're going to talk about Thursday. Thursday would have been what we, what we refer to as the Last Supper, where we get our communion from. Friday is the crucifixion. Saturday is known as the day of waiting. Jesus is in the grave, um, um, going down to hell and kicking tail and taking names and, and bringing back the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And then on Sunday morning, which we'll celebrate Easter in a couple weeks, we'll celebrate that resurrection. Amen? Amen. Well, this morning we're going to talk about that Thursday, again, the Last Supper. Um, for the Jews, they would have called it the Passover meal. And we thought about doing a message just on the Passover meal because if you've ever studied it, um, there's a whole lot there. There's another whole really series on, on the Passover meal. But what Jesus did is sit down with the disciples that night and have a meal. And the Gospel of John gives us a unique view. John writes a whole lot more than the others. And John chapters 13 through 17 is all about the Last Supper. And in those five chapters, he covers about five different topics. And John actually details the, uh, the conversation. And I don't know if you've ever been able to, I don't know, I enjoy it. Sitting around a table, you're eating dinner, maybe at Thanksgiving, maybe special meals, and then you can actually just have conversation with people, right? Because how do we all have conversations now? Oh, you said what, huh? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. What happened at school today? You really... Right? Okay. The car broke. What? You had a... What? Right? That's how we have conversations. Even, even teenagers. I remember Melanie was telling me one time she was driving the teenagers to an event for, uh, for the church, and it was dead silent for like four and a half hours. And she asked them, why don't y'all talk? She's like, oh, we were talking. And the whole time behind her, they were talking on their phones. No real conversation. No real interaction. And I just began to think about it, especially this week. This, this week, Melanie and I were blessed 
to be able to head out of town for a few days, we uh, flew out to Baton Rouge, more specifically Greenwell Springs, uh, Louisiana, uh, where Pastor Jay and Stacy Coleman are. If you've, um, he's one of our overseers. And we were able to go spend a couple days um, with them. It's nice. Just He's one of my authorities. He's, he's a good friend. He's got wisdom. He's got a church that's you know, 1,500, 2,000 people, and so um, he, he's just, he's a, he cares about us, and he treats us well, and it was just really nice to go hang out with them. We also, while we were there, got to go hang out with about six or seven other pastors who all are involved in Children's Cup. If you don't know, Children's Cup is the organization we work through to sponsor the Care Point in, in Honduras, and we were able to sit down um, one evening and have dinner with them. And uh, it's something, you just sound smarter when you got good food in front of you, right? Um, I never thought I would say this, but we got to Thursday night, and I told Pastor Jay, I was like, I got to stop eating. Everybody ever feel your eyeballs like float and turn over, and then the food that you love just like makes you nauseous? Like, I, there was just nowhere else to put it. They were really, really good to us, and um, we spent a lot of time sitting around a table with the pastors and with Pastor Jay and Stacy, and, and challenging, challenging each other. Hey, this is what we're doing, and what are you doing? Or helping each other, just having a, really a great conversation. And it made me really think about what could I do to take on these challenges. That at a, and then it made me think about what I was going to talk about today and the, and the Last Supper, and it brought me to this question. So if we were to sit at a table with Jesus, like the disciples did, I have to imagine Jesus was a great conversationalist. He, he asked the right questions. There's something to be said about being good at having conversations, which our generations now aren't, because we speak in emojis and three-letter acronyms and, um, you know, new slang now that make me feel old. I'm like, Mabel uses it and say, hey, Dad, this is what they said. And I'm like, that might as well be Greek, because I don't know what that is. But we don't learn how to talk. And I had to wonder what questions would Jesus ask if he was sitting around the table. And he does that with the disciples. If you look in John chapter 13, verse 1, the Bible says, Before the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to the Father. And it says he had loved the disciples during his time on earth. And now he loved them to the very end. And I think Jesus loved, us, loved them enough as he loves us to begin to ask the right questions. To begin to tell them, hey, this is what you need to worry about. The stuff over here, no. The stuff over here, no. But this stuff, that's what you need to worry about. He goes on and says, it was time for supper. I remember having an argument last couple weeks ago with people about the word dinner. It was dinner lunch or dinner supper? If dinner's supper, what's supper? But Jesus obviously had this figured out, and he was from the south because it was time for supper. And the devil had already prompted Judas. If you remember, Judas Iscariot was the one that would eventually betray Jesus, and he had already kind of started pushing him that way. Then in the next verse, it says, Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, that he had come from God, and now it's time to go back. Now remember, the disciples are clueless, and Jesus is thinking this through. They don't really get it. Then this verse of scripture that to me is the dis most disgusting verse in the Bible. <laughs> that Jesus got up from the table 
took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist. Verse 5. And he poured water into a basin, and he began to wash feet. Oh. If I had a picture of what hell would be like, it would be having to sit and wash everybody's feet. I'm finding other ways to serve y'all. I'm sorry. <laughs> if we do a foot washing, I'm going to be gloved up and masked up. And whew, some of y'all, I'd be breathing air. Some of you got some stank feet. But Jesus, at the end of this dinner, and this is at the end now, he poured water into the basin and he began doing one of the things that they actually, if you understand the time, they obviously walked around in sandals and dirt. This was a job that they would actually hire people in to do. It's considered one of the lowest menial jobs you can do. And Jesus gets into not only a humble position, but a physical position of humility. And he begins, the Bible says he ties a towel around his, his waist, and that's what he began to serve them. Matter of fact, the Bible says that during all this, Peter, when Jesus went to wash his feet, he said, oh, no, 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 which m- most of us probably would. Jesus goes to wash, you're like, no, 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 I need to be serving you. Peter, Jesus tells Peter, well, if I don't do this, then you don't belong to me. You need to let me serve you. See, I think Jesus' question at dinner that night would have been to them is asking this question of how are you serving people? Because he was here demonstrating it. He was demonstrating to us that I think this, that our our highest calling is to serve people. That's why we're here on the earth. God gave you gifts and abilities and gave you things that you're good at that you should be using for the kingdom, but ultimately... He's asked us to serve people. That's why I believe the hope of the world is in the local church because Jesus is coming through us as the body of Christ to go serve people, to go walk in a parade and give away stuff. It seems so silly and trivial depending on how you look at it. But when you look at it from the idea that every bottle or every piece of candy or whatever you give to people that you're literally laying in the hand of somebody the Bible says that Jesus came and died for. He came just for them. And Jesus said to them in John 13, 14, and since I, the Lord, your teacher, have washed your feet, guess what? If I served you, you need to be serving other people. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not kidding when I say I don't like feet. But I I do get very much what he's doing here. He's saying, listen, I've done it for you. I came and laid down my life for you. You need to be doing it for other people because those people are what's important. And he says, I've given you an example to follow. Now go do what? Do it as I have done. Make Make life about serving people. And then he adds in this thing I think we forget. Because the Bible is very clear all throughout it. When you obey, when you do what God asks you to do, there's always a good result. There's always a positive thing that will come from your obedience. And it says, for God will bless you. Say this with me, for, come on, for. It didn't say thinking about it. Any of your kids ever told you, told you that you ask them to do something? And they said, oh yeah, I was thinking about it, but I for. 
I forgot. That doesn't help any. You've, us forgetting doesn't mean I'm obedient. It just means you forgot and you're confessing the fact that you didn't do what we asked you to do. I get asked a lot, well, Clint, then how do I serve? Well, how do I just go serve people? It's this easy, and I'm really sincere. It's this easy. You find a need, and you fill it. We can all look around. We drive by our neighbor's houses every day. You see your friends at school. You see your, to your co-workers. You see people in the grocery store. You see, wherever are in town, you can see a need. Most of us, as we were in Baton Rouge this week, um, of course, it's a much bigger city, and um, we pulled up to a red light, and at just about every red light, there'd be a guy or a woman with a sign, hey, I need food, hey, you know, homeless vet, you know, we'll work for food. And my thought was, okay, God, there's needs. How do we feel? It? There's needs. How do we? And I'd be, because I was thinking through this, but what it simply was is I just began to pay attention. Because most of us can drive from home to work. And do you ever see what's in between? A lot of times, no. I can remember driving over to Statesboro, some of you guys who maybe drive to, to one of the plants or the nuclear plant. You can drive there, you can turn and weave and bob and miss deer and all kinds of wildlife and get to the plant. And then suddenly you're just there. And you don't remember any of the stuff you just did. A lot of us, that's how we drive through life. We, we don't see the needs, so we're not filling it. We're not serving. The other thing you can do is find a hurt and heal it. There are people in this world that the healing they need just 